Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody here from on the marathon. We are halfway through the show. We are running along. I just realized we have one more guest. We're supposed to have slotted into the show and somehow screwed up. We'll, we'll uh, see if we can get a response from them. Oh, we just did. There we go. Well, I totally forgot. Well, we're going to hear from Jim Haney, not the one Charlie Brock just talked about uh, as being part of the NA or leading the NABC uh, as president. Or I'm sorry, he's, he's chief executive. But the Jim Haney, who's been running things for the officiating in Division Three, Jim will be joining us a little bit later on the show. We're going to slot him in around 7.20, 7.30 this evening, and then we'll open up the happy hour after that. Well, we're halfway through the show, and as I just said in the tweet, we're going strong here. Uh, hope not to get derailed, um, especially by our next guest. And that's not a knock on our next guest. The Maccabees have been derailing teams for a while now. They're on a, they're on a run here after losing five of their first six, which admittedly to them, if you ask them, and we'll get the answer here, is not exactly how Yeshiva thought they would get out of the gate. But they've been running strong since, and as a result, they are on top of their conference by two games in the loss column at 10-2 and two over Farmingdale State. At 12-5 and five overall, Yeshiva playing well, but they still got a lot of games ahead of them thanks to a break that the school takes. We'll talk all about it because joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline presented by Buffalo, I keep doing that, but presented by Blue Frame Technology, uh, it is the head coach of the uh, Maccabees. It is Elliot Steinmetz. And, hey, Coach, thanks for taking the time and joining us. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, so uh, there's a bunch of things we can unpack with you guys. Uh, let's start with the start of the season. I, I know you had high expectations coming in. I know after last year's NCAA tournament appearance, they got the world a-buzzing, and I do mean the world. Um, you guys start off with four straight and five of six games being losses. First off, how tough was that to go through after what clearly were high expectations coming in? It, it was tough. It was frustrating. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have a lot of young guys. Um, I think you know, we, we had an injury, obviously, at the beginning of the year also. Our leading scorer from last year you know, set, set out the first three or four games. Uh, we were starting two freshmen. I think four of our top five subs are freshmen right now. Uh, throughout the season, so you know, I think it took us uh, a little bit of time just to kind of gain that maturity, and uh, we played some pretty good teams in the beginning as well. Um, and uh, you know, thankfully, uh, we have good leadership, and we have uh, we have good captains, and we have guys who are kind of able to keep it together in the locker room and, and help us turn it around. Was there also maybe some confidence, understanding? Listen, ultimately, this is the conference game. This our out of conference schedule is one thing. But ultimately, we just need to win the conference. Is, is that something you can fall back on and kind of pull as a, as a parachute to say, whoa, we're not in that much trouble here if we just get the job done later? So when you start the season, you're looking to win every game, obviously. And, you know, you know we, we, we were trying to get ourselves out there a little more, I think, earlier on uh, on the national level. Um, but, yeah, once you're 1-5 and, and, you're, and you're grasping, then, then, then it's easy to turn to that and say, you know, it's, it's all right. We're 1-5, we're and five, but we're 1-1 you know, one one in conference. Let's kind of take it from there. Um, your second loss of the game was at Ramapo or of the season, I should say. And I watched that one. And to be honest, you guys had a good lead, not a great lead, but you had a, a good couple of point lead and then could not get the ball in, in bounds. And I thought to myself, geez, that's the kind of game that can derail a team. And then, of course you guys kept, kept losing. I thought to myself, Oh no, you know, here we, here we go. How tough are those kinds of games and how do you get teams to forget those games? 
So th- those are games that are that are great for us, actually. In retrospect, uh, you know, the learning experience is tremendous. Uh, we, you know, we, we were starting two freshmen in the backcourt at the time. Uh, both of them have gotten have gotten significantly better since. Um, as a team, it gives us something to kind of look at and say, you know, hey, we were in control of that game. Uh, there's some little things here and there that we can fix, and then you know, we're right there playing as a team that was in the Final Four last year. Um, you know they're an excellent team. They're they're certainly uh, at the time you know uh, better and, and more mature and more disciplined. So they were able to pull it out. Uh, but I think the lessons we learned from it were, were tremendous, and I think our guys really kind of uh, you know took great value in, uh, in in the lessons from those games. Unfortunately, the conference play started one and one with Brook, uh, St. Brooklyn, St. Joseph's of Brooklyn a win, a lost to Mount St. Mary. Then you faced off against Mount St. Vincent, and that has started what is now this stretch of wins. Granted, you had to jam a bunch of games in. Um, you played a vast majority of your season before November 9th or December 19th, played one more on December 27th. But then as Yeshiva being the school that it is, uh, you needed to take a, a lengthy break. You did not get back into play until January 22nd. There's a lot of programs that kind of take that month off, whether it's mandated or not. And I always see them struggle coming back. I, you and I have talked in the past about whether you'll struggle or whether you won't, and you seem to do okay. You seem to be doing okay. We're three games in now. All three are wins. All three of them seem to be in-hand wins. Yeah, you know, you and I have talked about it over the years, and it's something that as a coach, it's just, you know, it scares you every single year when you're sitting out there for about four weeks and, uh, you know, you know, not seeing the guys, not having regular practices, not playing any 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 competition. Um, I, I think our guys are just used to it, honestly, at this point, and and thankfully they're, you know, they come back ready. We we bring them back a little early to, you know, to start practicing before uh, before break ends when we start our games, and then they jump right in. Um, you know, and, and, you know, what's happened is I think, uh, you know, winning breeds a certain confidence and it breeds a certain work ethic. And I think our guys really spent a lot of the, you know, off time working mm-hmm. and, and getting better. Uh, this is a team, obviously, that has some experience from last year. Let's talk about what you guys have been putting on the floor. Um, hold on. I think I have it by points. Yeah, 21 points a game here from Ryan Terrell. I want to talk about him in a moment. But the rest of the squad, Halpert uh, at 17 points a game. Laffler or Leifer? Leifer. Leifer. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, 15 and a half points a game. Uh, 11 and a half out of TZ. How do you say Daniel? Zion. Zion. He's actually actually out for the year. Oh, you're right. He hasn't hasn't played since early December. I'm sorry. I just saw that he's only played in 10 games. So, but at least three guys there, though, who who are certainly giving you points, giving you minutes. Um, Leifer gives you a ton of blocks as well. He's averaging a double double with 11 and a half rebounds. On top of that, and all three of them, by the way, shoot over 50% from the floor, are dangerous from beyond the arc, decent from the free throw line. I'm sure Lifer could get better. But that's a good core group you got there. Yeah, it's it's a solid group. It's uh, it's a group we've been looking at since we started recruiting them a few years back, hoping that at some point we'd have them all together. Um, and you know that's that's finally happened this year. And and you know hopefully everybody stays healthy. We'll have that same core back next year as well. Well, Ryan Terrell is a, is a freshman. Um, I, got, I love how you lift him as a guard forward at six seven. Let's be honest there. Um, he's a forward uh, out of Los Angeles. He had a lot of expectations coming in. I've already gotten a question from uh, from uh, our friend Ryan. Says, um, how has he been playing? Is he meeting or exceeding expectations? First of all, he, he is a guard. He, he played point guard. Sure, in high school, okay. Actually, uh, you know, <laughs> and and he's been bringing the ball up for us as well. Go, go, go watch our game against no, Murray, and he's the one who had to handle all the pressure. But he's uh, <laughs> he's he's fantastic. He he's you know more more than a talented player. Um, he, he's a great kid, 
Uh, he's always looking to learn. He's always looking to get better. He's, his work ethic is, is just really over, over and beyond anything we would have expected. Uh, we knew he'd be good coming in. You know, there, there's, a, there's a reason that he, uh, that he had offers in other places, but you know, we, we knew what we were getting coming in, but he's, he's far exceeded that just both in, in attitude and you know, maturity and leadership. I hate the new terminology, but let's call him a point center. How's that, how's that work for you? Fair, fair, fair enough. That I, I hate those terms, but we'll do it anyway. <laughs> uh, obviously, he had a lot of expectations coming in, but we'd be remiss here if we didn't mention that you had other expectations coming in. Bar Aloof was expected to be on this team. Last year, unfortunately, the season ended with a little bit of controversy because there were ac- uh, ac- um, accusations and claims um, that he he shouldn't be playing due to his amateur status or lack thereof or whatever. It is so in the weeds, it's not even funny. Uh, he's not on the team this year. Um, what does that mean? What should people understand about his situation? Yeah, it's it's an unfortunate situation. We had a great season last year, obviously, and we're, we're obviously in the midst of hope, hopefully having another very good season here. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate what happened at the end of last season. And then Yeshiva, being the high-class institution that it is, uh, constantly being transparent and, and above board, really went above and beyond in terms of their you know cooperation with the conference and the NCA in terms of you know figuring it out. And uh, you know the NCA ultimately did agree with our finding. Uh, but again, Yeshiva, you know, Yeshiva made the decision to have him sit this year, uh, and then we'll obviously revisit it over the course of this year for next year. So that was a school decision, even though the NCA felt you were in the right? I, I believe that's the case, yeah. Interesting. Um, and, and you said maybe coming back next year to add to this group. That That's, I, I know we, it's about this year right now, but just as a wow, that's something to consider. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it would be nice. Uh, you know, we, 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 have, uh, we have a pretty good freshman class coming next year as well besides that. Uh, so, you know, we're looking forward. We, we think we have a pretty bright future here. Um, last thing on Aloof, do you, thoughts on how it was handled? Um, I, I think ultimately our conference did a great job, and, and obviously uh, the NCAA was cooperative. And, uh, you know, listen, I tried to stay out of most of that stuff, and you leave it to the people who uh, yeah. make a lot more money than us Division three coaches. But I thought over, overall they handled it very professionally. So last year you make the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, Lou ends up not playing in that game. It's played at noon, right. I believe, if memory served, or, or thereabouts, maybe 1 o'clock, uh, at yep. York College. They were willing to move the game up couple of things. One, it got you guys a ton of attention. You were the only Division Three game happening at that moment. It, the game was sent around the world um, to those of the Jewish faith who were very interested in seeing basically the only division or the only school in the United States of, of, of its kind to, to be in this situation. It clearly is helping you with recruiting, and you already were you're already having some success there. The, this feels like it, the tide is turned to some degree because otherwise, do you get Terrell? Do you do you get some of these other players you're hinting at for next year if you don't have what was a tremendous season last year? I, I, there's no doubt it helps. I mean, I, I, I've felt since I've started here that that winning is the uh, the best recruiting tool there is. Um, you know, listen, there's you know, it, it, we're you know we're limited obviously in terms of our recruitment. So the key is to try to keep those guys you know at home, the ones that we can you know really go after. A guy like Terrell, who you know certainly could have been playing at a you know probably a mid-major or, or possibly even some higher-level program. Um, the fact that he was interested in coming and trying to be part of something special absolutely has to do with the winning and has to do with you know what we've kind of built here in terms of a culture. Uh, and you know, again, same thing for the guys coming in next year. We have some pretty high-level guys. We think uh, coming in that you know we're hoping will buy into what we're kind of selling here and uh, and continue this thing going. 
And if you should make the NCAA tournament again this year, obviously the same circumstances are going to have to be in place that you guys are able to play, shower, get something to eat, be in your hotel um, before sundown. You're now more comfortable with that, too, to some degree, that, that that maybe is no longer a challenge. And I don't know if it was a challenge necessarily, but it's it's now kind of, oh, yeah, we've been down this road before. So yeah, there's there's no doubt there's there's the experience factor. You know, I, I wouldn't call it a challenge last year. The NCAA was terrific about yeah. it, and and I have to say, you know, I never had a chance to say this publicly, but the, the pod that we were put in, the coaches that we were that we were dealing with were, were awesome. Um, you know, the fact that we had to play on a Friday afternoon, had we won that game, we turn around and we play Saturday night. You know, right after the Sabbath ends, there's there's no film work, there's no scouting games. We would have had no opportunity uh, to even you know scout our opponent or prepare for the game on on the Sabbath. So we kind of had to do all our preparation before, and all the coaches uh, on the you know on the call beforehand were were agreeable in exchanging film, and and just it was it was very supportive, and it was uh, you know it was very encouraging. No, I I liked it because I got to go see those games, then hightail it down to Johns Hopkins to see a couple more, and we're already hearing from the committee off air that they kind of like that too, that they wouldn't mind kind of pacing out all the games so people can enjoy the games throughout. You you guys might have helped kind of uh, spur on a new idea in Division Three. There you go. <laughs> Trailblazing. There you go. Hey, I got a, a question from you from a, a listener. He he may be a little bit biased, but he does ask, what uh, influence did your father have on you as a coach? He, it <laughs> may or may not be coming from said father. It may or may not. <laughs> no, not you know, my, my, my father's had influence on me, thankfully, in a lot of ways, more than being a coach. <laughs> well, he's just asking you about the coach. Uh, uh, it's fascinating, the same last name. Uh, that's all I'll say. Um, my, my, my father was a high school basketball coach. I've been around the game, thankfully, from him for a long time. Well, it's amazing what you guys have done. Uh, fun to watch. Obviously, you're doing really well. Obviously, not done yet. you got two games on the road, Mount St. Vincent and St. Lawrence, coming up. Uh, you do have the advantage of playing the last three at home and playing the majority of the last set of games here at home. How important would it be to have the conference tournament, though, at your place if possible? Come watch, and you'll understand. There's there's no place like Yeshiva during the playoffs. Uh, you know, we we show some of our recruits video of what the uh, the games look like at home in the playoffs. It's it's out of control. <laughs> uh, the first gymnasium, I am sure, will be interesting. How great would it be to host uh, that tournament? It would be fun to see if it can be pulled off. Elliot, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. I know you and I talk a lot off air. It's fun to chat with you to get an insight on Yeshiva. Uh, as always, though, we get to give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those? I, I appreciate. In? So, in the past, I've been on with you, and I generally just use it to say thank you. But, but I do have a final thought. Actually, this time, great. First of all, yes, perfect. Thank you, as always. I appreciate you getting it out there. I, I put out an Instagram post earlier in the year with the response to uh, the shooting that happened in the synagogue in, in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. um, and I shared some of the experiences that my players and I have had over the years with regard to anti-Semitism on and off the court in you know various arenas and places that we've been. Uh, to me, it's a, it's a shame that there's still ignorant people out there, uh, but I do want to publicly commend the coaches and uh, our conference, our commissioner uh, in the Skyline Conference, that have really responded with tremendous support uh, and action that are you know, working to combat these issues. Um, I'm hopeful that as time goes on that people in this country are able to further educate themselves on humanity and coexistence and tolerance. Uh, one thing my father has always said to me when you, since you mentioned him, um, you never know where change is going to come from. Uh, athletes are natural leaders, so to me, it's who better to lead the charge against hate than the coaches, ADs, and athletes in Division Three basketball. Uh, it is sad that it needs to be said, but it was well said. Thank you. Thank you. Um, take care. Good luck the rest of the way. We look forward to talking to you down the road.
All right. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the time. Absolutely. Elliot Steinmetz with probably the best uh, final word we've ever had on this show. Um, it is really disappointing that it has to be said. It's disappointing there has to be anti-Semitism, and I, I don't even say it right, um, at games that they are faced uh, with. That's ridiculous. Uh, if you are one of those people, I'm just going to jump on Elliot's point here because now I'm a little ticked off. If you are one of those people who act like that at a game that they're at or at anybody's game, go home. We don't need you in Division Three. We don't need you in the NCAA. We don't need you at games, period. Go home. We don't need you. I, I don't want It's too bad Elliot has to say it, and it's really too bad um, that it happens, but I'm glad he said it. Go home. We don't need you. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we jump out to the West Coast. We'll talk to Matt Logie from Whitworth. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More Hoops Hope when we come back. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. And gotten some dumb luck here on our ads running, and we seem to get a good one there with the It's On Us campaign in Division Three sports and all of the NCAA, for that matter, uh, about the fact that it takes everybody and um, to end uh, all kinds of stupidity, whether it be hatred or discrimination or whatnot, 
Uh, Elliot's point again on our last guest um, uh, about anti-Semitism against his program and others when they're in the gym is going to reside with me for a little while. Daryl Duncan, who is listening to the show while roofing today. Daryl, you are insane, sir. I am glad you're harnessed in. Also says he agrees. Doesn't belong in Division Three basketball. I will say it again. I will now say it for the rest of time. If you have any thoughts of being like that to anybody, I don't care race, religion, or gender, go home. We don't need you in our sporting and world. We don't need you. No, I'm not going to go further, but just go home. Uh, now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, we're joining all the way out to the West Coast to talk to a program that has been in the top 10 the almost the entire season, Whitworth Men's Basketball. They have had a battle, to say the least, with Whitman this season, though it didn't go their way on Tuesday night uh, when they had the rematch in the series as they lost um, – maybe in not as spectacular fashion as everybody expected that game to be down in Walla Walla. Uh, now been swept three years in a row uh, in the regular season and now on a two-game slide for the first time since November of 2014 in the regular season. But that doesn't mean the season's over, folks. Uh, Whitworth is still a pretty darn good basketball team, and Matt Logie joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline presented by Blue Frame Technology. And, Matt, thanks for taking the time to join us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, too, because sometimes when a team is, quote-unquote, struggling, and I don't want to use that term necessarily, but on a two-game slide, coaches start maybe finding reasons not to talk to us, uh, and I can't blame them. But um, well, let's go back a couple. Well, Amit tripped you guys up uh, last weekend, 95-93, that game on the road at Willamette, a, a team that you dispatched 86-69. I know the Northwest Conference has gotten better, but what happened in that one, and, and what did you think uh, caused you guys to maybe lose focus, for lack of a better description? I don't know what happened, so up on you. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I don't think our guys uh, lost focus. Um, you know, when you look at the landscape of college basketball, obviously um, uh, upsets happen all the time. That's what makes Sports Center such a great show. <laughs> and uh, we've we've been very uh, fortunate to to really avoid uh, a lot of those over the years. Um, and you know, I, I can probably count on one hand uh, how many times you know we've mm-hmm. we've really really dropped one that we shouldn't have um, over that time. And, and we take a lot of pride in in the process that we go through. And um, you know, to Willamette's credit, they played a great game. They they shot the ball extremely well. Uh, we we had some some uh, tough breaks on, on our end. And, um, and you know, a few guys banged up and under the weather, Kyle Roach was, was really, really sick. And not that, that that's an excuse. We all deal with that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just one of those perfect storms. It, it definitely was Lamont's night and not ours. And, and, and they did a great, great job um, of, of, of earning that game. One of the interesting things, uh, you know, that we've talked about is, is with you guys and Whitman is how, how, fierce that rivalry is and how um, close you two teams are, even if, if the outcome's been going in Whitman's favor of late, the, the games have always been and been outstanding. And as a result of that, I think everyone forgets about the rest of the Northwest Conference. You know, Georgia, George Fox, you guys had a battle with early in the season. Linfield has not been the easiest out this year. Is a game like Willamette remind everybody, hey, the rest of the Northwest Conference isn't, as, isn't that bad? Well, I, I think uh, this year in particular, the, the, the conference is um, as, as strong as it's ever been, um, at least in my time here. Uh, and and that, that goes, you know, all the way, um, 
you know, all the way through our conference, as, as you can see, Lewis and Clark, you know, won, won two games this past weekend as they're trying to put things together with the new staff. And so, um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a conference that has improved. Um, you know, the, the third, fourth, and fifth place teams have, have gotten better. And, um, you know, like I said, we've, we've worked extremely hard and, uh, and been fortunate to, 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 to win a lot of those, those close games over the years. And at some point in time, you know, the, the luck goes the other way every once in a while. And, and, um, you know, I think, uh, the harder you work, the luckier you get. And, and programs like George Fox and Linfield and, and Willamette, uh, uh, you know, are, are playing good basketball right now. In the game against Willamette, you know, one of the things that I've said this season that if every team's got a concern, every team's got a flaw, or you at least try and find them to talk about teams because uh, it's hard to talk about teams when they're always doing things well. Um, you know, my, my concern is a little bit of a short bench. You get down to about player number nine, and, and you guys have a, what seems to be perceived to be a drop-off, and I, and I realize that's perception. Um, in the Whitman game, you guys got in foul trouble early, and that bench really rose to the occasion. Did really nicely for you guys. Um, you didn't really get into foul trouble in the game against Willamette, but you mentioned Kyle not feeling well. He still played 34 darn minutes. Um, but one of your main reserves in Krosno got into foul trouble with four. Maybe you went one player further than you normally would have. How do you, though develop that bench and develop those players because you're probably going to need them in some crunch moments in the future well you know to start out with i don't know that any uh, really really good team um when when it comes down to it goes much deeper than nine maybe ten guys with, yeah. with a third post player and so um, we feel very comfortable with with the rotation that we have and the confidence in our guys uh obviously in Kind of an undervalued uh, loss this year for us is Garrett Hole's season-ending uh, injury because um, he he did so many things for us last year when Jordan Lester went down mm. uh, on the defensive end of the floor, loose balls, you know, ball handling. Um, you know, he kind of carried the torch for us in the backcourt as Isaiah Hernandez came along and, and got healthy, gained confidence, and and now obviously he's playing really well. But um, I, I think that loss has hurt our depth. But other than that. Um, we, we feel very comfortable with the, the depth that we have. And, um, you know, one thing that is unique about those Whitworth-Whitman games is, uh, for the most part, we are always playing them uh, as the third game in five days. And um, so it, 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 if you're only tuning in for those games uh, to watch Whitworth play, um, you know, fatigue may be more of a factor in some of those, and, and uh, you don't have any control necessarily over that. They're, they're built uh, – very well, very deep, and they play a style of play where, um, you know, if you're calling a spade a spade, that probably probably does favor them in, in uh, a third game in five days scenario, uh, which we face. Yeah, and, and and that's absolutely the case. It's not easy, to say the least, uh, in those scenarios. Um, are you concerned? The committee last year, I, I know, wanted to split you guys up, <clears throat> Whitworth and Whitman. It didn't work out much, very much to their chagrin. We can all blame Texas. We can drive that one through the through the um, through the hole again if we need to. Um, I, I know they'd like to split you guys up this year. I think everybody would like to see you split up. But are you concerned that you take a loss to Willamette, maybe one more because you know, unless you're the AQ and and that's possible. You won you won the AQ last year. Do you worry that you're going to? 
pigeonhole yourself back into that spot because it's not going to give the, the, the committee the argument? Or are you hoping you still have that argument even despite the Willamette loss? Well, you know, we, we can't worry too much about what the, the committee does or what their parameters are. They, they um, you know, they, they have to do the job that they're um, given. But that being said, you know, this team in particular has basically played together now for two years and, and has one bad loss. Um, four of our eight, four of our eight losses are to Whitman. Yeah. Uh, three of the last five games against them have come down to one possession or one call here or there. Um, so, you know, if, for anyone that, that doesn't think, um, you know, we're a, a blue chip caliber team, you know, we have no control over that. We just let the results speak for themselves and go about the process the right way. Uh, I've got a lot of confidence in our. Uh, in our guys to, to bounce back from from uh, from these past few days, and, and I know they're excited um, to, to get prepared to, to make a run wherever that may be. You had a dandy of a schedule this year. Um, you played St. Olaf earlier in the season. Uh, you played Trinity, Texas, but especially Texas, Dallas, though they tripped you guys up. Uh, you then headed to our event, as we've always loved having you over the years, uh, at the D3Hoops.com uh, Classic in Las Vegas, and, and you had a heck of a game against Johns Hopkins. Uh, and then Emory and Henry made you guys earn it in the end as well. I would not say you're not battle-tested this season outside of just games against Whitman. No question. This, is, uh, this has been a, a really great schedule for, for us. Uh, it's really prepared us well and, and made us better. Um, I, I think, you know, you never really – I can never project what the SOS numbers will look like, but, I, I you know, I've been a part of all the games. I know the eye test and – um, this is as strong a schedule as, as we've ever played or been able to play. Um, so uh, we feel like, you know, we, we've got a really strong body of work. Um, you know, I think um, the, the history of this team, you know, speaks for itself when you look at, you know, all of the um, success that we've had. Um, and so, you know, we just we get ready for, for one game at a time, and uh, wherever they send us, they send us. And uh, we're, we're happy to be in the – in the tournament and get prepared, um, hopefully, to, to make a run if we're fortunate enough to get back in this year. Uh, I made a claim that I think this is the strongest Whitworth team I've seen. That includes the team that was number one for a long time, uh, the team in 2010-2011 that only lost two games. I don't think you were there, if, if my math's correct for that. But is this the strongest team you've had under your belt, or is this up there with maybe? Uh, where does it compare for your, for your tenure uh, with the Pirates? Well, it's it, it's way up there. I mean, I, I think it certainly could be. Um, you know, as I told our guys after uh, Tuesday's game, you know, we're we're always writing the next chapter in our story, and mm-hmm. um, we've got a few chapters left in this one. Um, I, I thought our 2015-2016 team with George Valley and Matt Stodicker as seniors was uh, you know as, as good of a team as as we've had. Here, um, you know, we lost at the buzzer in the second round to Whitman in the tournament that year. But I thought that team was very capable of making a deep run, as honestly as I have with all the teams that we've had. But that one was was really special. My first year here uh, with Felix Freet and Idris Lassisi, um, you know, I thought that team was maybe the most talented team that we've had. But you know, we were all new together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, this group has a lot of continuity. Um, they really know. Uh, how we want to play and what it takes to be successful, and and so uh, we're hopeful that at the end of this uh, this book that we can we can look back and say you know that that, that team ranks right up there with the best that Whitworth's ever had. 
Um, can you give us a little insight on the Whitman Whitworth rivalry? For most of us, we have to watch it uh, from our our couches at home. Um, we don't get to get out there, though. Uh, I'll tell you now. I'm thinking about getting out there sometime soon. Um, but can you give us an insight on what that rivalry is like? What it's like for you guys as coaching staffs? What it's like for the players? What it's like for the fans? Well, I mean, I, I think uh, it, it's what makes college basketball special. Um, you know, we're we're at a different level than Division One, but when you when you think about Kentucky and Louisville and Duke and North Carolina and uh, you know rivalries like that, um, you know that that for for. Uh, for, for our level, I, I think Whitworth and Whitman is is right up there. And, um, you know, you've got two programs that, you know, over the, the last three to eight years have been, you know, right in the top uh, five, top ten of the country um, competing for conference championships and um, also kind of knowing that one of you got to, you know, usually has to go through the other to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, which – uh, is obviously unique to, to our conference, but um, I think that adds to the intensity of it because, um, you know, we all know the, the, the rules of, of the game we're playing out here on the West Coast, and um, it, it just ups the ante a little bit more. You're on a two-game losing streak, which is rare for this program, as we mentioned earlier, but you got the next three at home against Lewis and Clark, Linfield, and George Fox. How do you somehow put those two losses behind you? Granted, it sounds like some of it illness-related, and focus and use the home floor to get back, you know, in the right direction. And not that you're in the wrong one, but that's the, that's the turn of phrase. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't say the losses were illness related. Obviously we'd all like to be healthy. You know, Willamette played extremely well sure. and, uh, you know, they, they beat us. Um, but you know, we, we, uh, when you play three games in five days, competition like that, and this time of year, everyone's banged up. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the first thing we hope to do is get a little healthier. It'll be nice to be at home for a couple weeks and um, hopefully start to build some momentum heading into the conference uh, tournament. Um, you know, I didn't think we particularly executed very well on Tuesday. Uh, we didn't really, um, you know, execute what we set out to do. And Whitman is, is so good that when you make mistakes, they, they, they really make you pay. And um, so, you know, I, I don't think that uh, we're in – a state of being where there's confusion about who we are or, or uh, missing pieces. It's, it's just a matter of, um, you know, doing what it takes to be successful and uh, leaning back into each other and, and uh, you know, having the opportunity to step, step back up to the plate. It's certainly going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Obviously, the Northwest Conference tournament's still ahead as well. Plenty of other things to, to figure out. I appreciate the time and, and the insight on, on what's going on. Great to see you out in Vegas. Um, Fun to see you, by the way, against Hopkins, against your your old bud, uh, Josh Leffler, uh, who I saw last night at McDaniel. Uh, man, that, that changed the point of view of that game quite a bit as well. Um, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who, who may be tuning in? Well, just uh, you know, really looking forward to uh, the, the home stretch run here. Uh, the coverage that you give to, to D3 Hoops is, is just phenomenal, and uh, we certainly appreciate it. Uh, out here on the uh, on the West Coast and in the Northwest, uh, I think our our conference has has uh, really improved, and and I'm looking forward to uh, having the opportunity to um, you know represent Whitworth down the home stretch here. 
Well, I thank you for your time. Uh, I appreciate it tremendously. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. We'll look forward to chatting with you about it all uh, down the road. Uh, take care of yourself and, uh, well, enjoy it at least. We will. We absolutely will. Awesome. Matt Logie joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline presented by Blue Frame Technology. Appreciate him taking the time. Again, next three at home, Lewis and Clark, Linfield, George Fox, they'll finish on the road against Pacific Lutheran and Puget Sound. And then it's the Northwest Conference Tournament. Right now, looking like it's going to be down in Walla Walla. But there's still games to be played. We'll see where it all progresses. And uh, we appreciate Matt coming on the show. Always a joy to have him on. Going to take a break. When we come back, special guest, Tim Layden, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, will join us. He is a Williams grad, and he messaged me. I want to talk D3 sports. I want to talk D3 hoops. Well, Tim, I love talking D3 sports with you. He joins us next to talk. D3 Sports. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More Hoopsville when we come back. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this marathon show. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3. No, email us, Dave.McHugh at D3Sports.com. It's what happens when you've been saying that for countless years. Uh, the Hoopsville one's acting up, so just use my personal. I haven't had a lot of you use it, but go ahead. Of course, we're still streaming, simulcasting on Facebook Live. Thank goodness Facebook Live has changed its dynamics, so we can keep that going without ruining the file. 
Um, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the marathon as we're getting ready to close out yet another hour. We got some great guests ahead of us. Uh, don't forget, we will hear from Bill Finney here shortly from Marymount, the former AD and, and uh, women's basketball coach. Daniel Donahue, the WBCA executive director, will join us in a pre-taped interview. Josh Erickson from Beyond Sports, who they're sponsoring the All-Star Game in women's basketball. He'll join us. Sam Atkinson, the Gallaudet Associate Athletics Director for Communications, but more importantly, the Men's Basketball Committee Chair will join us. Uh, Trevor Woodruff from Scranton and Jim Haney, the head of Division Three uh, officials, will join us as well. That's all still ahead, if you can believe it, on this show. But more importantly, let's get to our next guest. He's a special guest because, I, I, as I said in the tease and I've said a little bit, I got this random direct message uh, from Tim, and, and it said, I want to talk Division Three. I'm like, oh, oh, well, yeah, let's talk. He goes, no, with you on the show. Okay, I got the perfect show for it. Why don't you join me? Sure. Really? That simple? Well, we might remember, if you know the history of this show, I think the first marathon, I think we had Tim on the show, and he was about to head off to the Winter Olympics, which made me incredibly jealous. Well, he's back. We get to talk to uh, the uh, senior writer, I believe, is the, the appropriate title for him. Um, hold on, as I click on six things at the same time. Joining us on the Skype Blue Frame Technology Hoopsa Hotline, it's Tim Layden. Sir, uh, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it, especially via Skype. Dave, this is big. This is the biggest thing that's going to happen to me today. Any, anything to do with Division Three basketball is is the highlight of my day and probably my week. I will take that it's the biggest thing today because I know darn <laughs> well it's not any bigger than that. Um, we should point out you are a Williams grad. Um, you are proud of your Eves. Yep. Uh, you are more than proud of your Eves. <laughs> um, give me a sense, though, that, that gave you the itch to, to want to talk Division Three sports, sir. Oh, I'm well, I would do it any day, anytime, anywhere. Um, you know, I'm constantly talking with, with friends from Williams and uh, with my brother who's out at, uh, at Claremont McKenna, where his, uh, where his wife is a dean. And uh, man, I, if you look at my direct messages and texts, they're, they're about Division three basketball as much as anything else at this time of year. So there's no bad time of year for me to talk about this. And I think it's, I, I just think um, it's a fascinating year for the sport. I think that uh, there's so much more talent deeper into division three than there's ever been. And uh, I parody is an overused word, but so many good teams and so many good players and, and even, and by a, by a, by a geometric level, more teams with a chance to really make a Final Four or win a national championship, I think, than, yeah, than, at, the, than at the D1 level, I mean. Yeah, no, true. Uh, and listen, you know how I feel about it. Um, I agree with you. Perry, it maybe is an overused word, but it is huge on the men's side in Division Three basketball. We're seeing a little bit more of it on the women's side now as well. Um, and so it's hard to not use that word, to be blunt. When you cover D1 which you certainly do your fair share of. Um, is there anything you wish about their game that was more like D3's game? Well, yeah, I wish there were seniors. Um, I guess if I had to pick one thing. Um, but I don't think that the, that the um, industrial complex of basketball will ever make that happen again. Um, but I, I guess that's the thing that, that I – that I miss about D1 basketball is watching guys, um, you know, one of the formative experiences I had covering Division One basketball a long time ago was covering uh, Krzyzewski's 
two-time national champions at, at Duke in the early 90s with Hurley and Leitner and Grant Hill and those guys. And and they all stayed four years because that's mostly what you did back then. And obviously the best players now aren't going to stay that long. It's a different uh it's a different ecosystem now, and that's not going to happen, but it's something I miss for sure. And I, I love seeing D3 teams that, you know, when you see a team that's good with sophomores, you know better two years later because those guys are still going to be there, and they're going to be seniors. And, and I think that's a great thing about Division Three basketball. One of the things I notice, I mean, you do a lot of Olympic coverage. You and I have talked about that, and you know my jealousy of that because I would love to go to an Olympics myself and cover it. And one of the things I've thought about is why do I love the Olympics so much? One, it's a variety of sports. I love the winter Olympics, especially, but I'm a winter guy. Um, but the other thing I get from it is it's, it's division three to a larger extent. It's just on a world stage. There's a lot of these people who have other jobs. There's a lot of these people who have other lives who are also doing athletics. Is that a fair representation of the Olympics? And is it fair to make that comparison to division three? Well, I think I think where the, where that comparison is fair is that the vast majority of Olympic athletes, whether it's winter or summer, you know, whether it's if you're not Usain Bolt and you're not Michael Phelps and you're not Chloe Kim or Lindsey Vonn or Michaela Schifrin, as you said, you're probably barely making a living at that sport, and that means that what you're doing is a labor of love to some degree. Um, you're not playing because you signed. Some of those people may have deals with various companies, but but they're not getting rich doing what they're doing unless you're at the very top of the sport. And I think the what that shares with Division Three basketball and all Division Three sports is that you know the, the the men and women that play Division Three basketball. I mean, by the time they're a junior, senior in college, they're looking ahead to what they're going to do with the rest of their life, and and they're basically basketball is fitting something into a very busy life that's academically busy and socially busy and and they have to find the time for it and they have to have a special love for what they're doing to to excel at it and I, and I think that's the beauty of, of everything about division three but you know obviously basketball and football are the sports that get that that, that we're most um that, that we watch the most so I think that it's it's more um resonant there than anywhere else in one way all of your worlds have somewhat collided Williams, Division Three, Division One, and the Duncan Robinson story yeah. has now got a, a two-way contract with the with the NBA's Miami Heat. What what was that like from your point of view? And I don't I'll be honest, I don't know how many articles you did or didn't write about it, but you may have helped with as well behind the scenes. But what was it like to have those kind of worlds come all colliding together and all because one coach happened to leave? Otherwise, Duncan probably stays at Williams the rest of his career. Yeah, no help behind the scenes, Dave. I, I actually, um, you know, I try not to write about Williams too much. There's been a, a, a few great stories that have come to me, um, including one that was, you know, selected as one of the best stories in the first 60 years of SI, which was a, a Williams a historical football story. Um, but, and a couple times things have happened. Uh, an old coach passed away, um, another one retired, where I take the opportunity to maybe write something on, on SI.com. But I didn't write about Duncan until right before the final four last year at Michigan. So we're talking four years after he was at Williams. And uh, that was the first time I talked to Duncan and the first time I met him and talked to some of the guys that played with him at Williams and that were either still there or not there. And, and sure, it was a, you know, I, I, 
you know, I don't want to abuse the fact that, that I have a platform and I went to Williams because there's so many great stories in Division Three sports that, you know, I, I don't want to overdo the fact that I'm closer to Williams than those other places. But in this case, once once Duncan got to the national championship game or I'm, I'm sorry, the final four, he did get to the national championship game. But I wrote it before the final four. And I, I just felt like. This is such an amazing story, and I did see a lot of their games in 2014 during his one year at Williams. I probably saw six or eight games live that year and a lot of others on the, on the stream. And uh, it's just an amazing story. And, 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 I, and the answer to the $64,000 question is, I thought he was a great player, but there's no way that I thought he would be, at this point, his life right on the cusp of maybe being in the NBA. Yeah, and I think he's gotten a little bit of NBA time so far. I'm not... Okay. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've honestly lost track. Early in the year, he made two three-point baskets, including one against the Nets when the game was that's still right. in doubt. Um, and he was up and down for a while. Now he's mostly been in the G League, but that's yeah. that's the way it was intended this year. Right. I mean, he, he, again, he signed a two-way two-way contract for that purpose, sure. specifically. Um, yeah. you, you mentioned you don't write a lot about D three. I know I got into a habit, even though there's more D three schools in my neck of the woods in Baltimore than there are D ones. Uh, there's also more better better D3 teams than there are D1s um, that I got in my habit at work of just being quiet about it, um, <laughs> trying not to push the D3 angle too much because I didn't want to be the, oh, yeah, Dave, I know it's a D3 school, blah, blah, blah. Though it was you, it was fun. For me, one of the great moments at, at, at the station was I'm, I, I'm getting ready for a show as a news guy. My former sports boss is there still working. And I've got Johns Hopkins stream at the, at the World Series up because Johns Hopkins could pull off one of the best upsets in base in D three baseball. Yeah. And I come back from the bathroom at one point, and there's eight or nine people huddled around my computer watching the game. And I thought to myself, "Stop telling me you don't care about Division three too. There are good stories. Do you have the same battle though with SI? You hinted at it. You want to tell more of those stories, but they're like, do, does it get us clicks? Uh, well. A good story is a good story. True. And I think in 2019, more than ever, um, a story doesn't have to be an NFL story. It doesn't have to be uh, a Major League Baseball story. It doesn't have to be Division One college sports either. Um, any SID that's listening right now, if you have a really great Division Three story, I'm easy to find. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. You know, my, my email is easy to find. I, I would love to do those kind of stories. The one thing I'll say is it's got to be really good. It can't just be, you know, this kid uh, is going to score 2,000 points, and that's never been done at our college, and he's a really good kid. That's yeah. a wonderful story. It's yeah. not good enough for the really big media outlets to do. It's barely good enough at the Division One level anymore. There really has to be something – as everybody knows, the media landscape in America is very noisy right now, um, and it's noisy on many different levels, but sports has been sucked up into that. Um, but a good story is a good story. And and I use the example, I, I referenced it earlier, seven years ago, Dick Quinn from Williams called me with a story about this guy that played football at Williams in the 60s, and he, he, he got Hodgkin's disease and died right after his senior year, and but he played with great passion and honor. And then the college accidentally retired his jersey for 50 years without anybody knowing why. And there were all these tributaries and it was just an epic story. And it's um, it, it did tremendously well on the Internet and people loved it. And it didn't matter that that was Division Three. It didn't matter that it was Williams. It could have been Oregon State and it would have been a great story. Um, so 
I think a great story is a great story. And if, if there's an SID out there or a coach and you've got a great story, writers at the highest level of the business will want to write it and tell it and, and people will read it. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I expect, by the way, we're going to have um, a front page story about this, right? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart enough to know. To be honest with you, that's it's the same token on D3 Sports' point of view. I, and I'm not trying to knock anything, but, you know, a thousandth point scorer who's the 20th to do it in program history, congratulations. We, we have the debate, too. How Where's our line of demarcation to essentially th that we jump on that direction? Granted, we have a little bit more leeway in, 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 to doing everything D3 related, but it's a common refrain. And it is about making sure that you stand out somewhat from the crowd. Ironically, used of those terms with Sports Illustrated writer, I didn't mean to make a faces in the crowd reference. Uh, <laughs> well, and and, and, and D three hoops and all the D three sites are tremendous for the sports that, that they cover and tremendous for the entire Division three community. But sure, that 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 bar you're talking about for D three hoops to do a story, it's that much higher for the New York Times or for SI or for the Washington Post. And but those stories are out there. They're absolutely out there. I agree with you. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons we love doing the Y D three show for the one year we did it though it ended up being more work than we expected. We might have to revisit that in the future in a different way. Mm -hmm. um, Tim, I could talk forever with you. I really appreciate you coming on. I know you keep track of what's going on. Your EFs are playing darn good basketball right now uh, on the men's side, and you've got uh, a women's coach who's knocking on 500 wins herself. you got to be pretty proud. Sure. I, I, I love the way Williams treats sports, and, uh, and I love to see the program successful. And, uh, you know, I've, I've never met a Williams athlete that it wasn't a pleasure to meet. And, and again, I'm sure there are a lot of D3 schools that can say that. That just happens to be my college, and uh, and I'm thrilled that the Hoops team is doing well. they got a lot of seniors, and obviously Kevin App built that, built that team uh, to, to do something special this year, but, but there's a lot of good teams, so who knows? Kevin App, who's a classmate in high school with my brother-in-law. How crazy is that? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, my brother-in-law walked up to me and goes, oh, I heard you were talking to my classmate on your, on your show. I'm like, what? Who are you talking about? It's <laughs> yeah. been downhill since. <laughs> um, by the way, you and I have one great thing in common, though. I don't have mine hanging. Maybe I need to do it. You hang all your credentials behind you. That is awesome. I love it. I hold on to almost, I think I've hold, held on to about 95% of my credentials in the years. I got to hang them up like you do. That's awesome. That's only since 1994. Um, I, I threw them away for about 15 years before that. So I, I'm not sure wow. if I could even have room in here. I think hoarders would be after me to be on their show. I would argue I had, mine are only since 1994 as well, but for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> Tim, I appreciate you coming on. As always, we give the guests the final word. Final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in. Just excited for the tournament. I read the message boards and everybody has a stake in this. And I fully expect to, just like last year, to have two teams in the final four that nobody's talking about right now and maybe one of them win it all. Yeah, it's possible. If you're on the message boards, you ought to chime in your thoughts too. No, thanks. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Hey, thanks for so much. Don't be a stranger. We'd love to have you on as many times as we possibly could. I love the input. I love the insight. I love the point of view from outside, to be honest, even though you're inside. Uh, uh, anything you want to tease about SI? Uh, no, just, uh, just please keep reading. Um, we're, uh, it's, it's harder to be successful now than ever. So we're, we're as good as we've ever been. And, uh, read the magazine, read the website and, uh, and, and give us your support. There's a stack of SIs right over there that I haven't read that I need to read. I, I need to bet better at my, that myself. I've always enjoyed reading it over the years. Tim, thanks so much. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. And I love chatting you behind the scenes as well.
Okay, thanks, Dave. Tim Layton joining us from Sports Illustrated. Appreciate him to- his time. Fun to talk to him. Uh, great insight, great point of view as well. Uh, don't be a stranger. If you get on with Sports Illustrated, you know now there's a good D3 voice in, uh, in, at, at places like that as well. Going to take a break. When we come back, Bill Finney will join us. The uh, athletics director, uh, former athletics director, former head coach at Marymount. He'll join us to talk about um, lots of things in Division Three. What has he seen? He's still got his pulse on the women's game. I'd love to get his take. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops will after this. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division Three level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Amy Reed, head coach at RIT and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. Now back to Dave. Welcome back to the Hoopsville Marathon. Uh, coming up, we've got a pre-taped interview with Daniel Donahue, the executive direct- director of the WBCA, uh, a, which will give us a chance to get a break. We've been on the air nonstop since noon with no pre-taped segments. We only have one pre-taped segment this entire show this year. Uh, it is Daniel Donahue's two-part segment we'll have coming up. Uh, but first and foremost, speaking of women's basketball, we should definitely talk uh, about um, one of the basketball greats, I would say. I got to know Bill because, well, my arch, my alma mater, it was an arch rival of theirs um, because, well, that's just how it works out. Marymount was a very good program 
back in the day in the CAC. They are still a good program now in the AEC in their first season. One of the guys that I enjoy, uh, I have a lot of conversations with people behind the scenes, whether it's it's via Twitter, text message, email, phone call, any combination of thereof. Uh, Tim Layden, who we just had on, was one of those individuals I have those conversations with. Another is Bill Finney, the former Marymount AD and women's basketball coach. He won over 550 games, took his team to deep in the NCAA tournament, often once to the Final Four. And we already talked to one of his former players who's a head coach now. Uh, and Bill joins us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. And, sir, I, I thank you for taking the time. Uh, I love our chats. I'm glad we can do this on the show. Well, I got to tell you about one of the chats we had. I think uh, <laughs> oh, my do wife you? and I were headed north to Maine, <laughs> yes. and I got on the phone with you, entering the Baltimore Tunnel, and I said, "Dave, it's, I'm on the New Jersey Turnpike now. We have to stop talking." <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. We talked for a while. A long uh, one. <laughs> we can talk about the fact that last night, just to say hi and, and touch base on some things. Yeah, that was 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, you think? I looked at the time; it was longer than that. Oh, well. uh, we have fun exchanging stories and having a good time. I'm sure your wife would rather us not my wife doesn't know about him maybe until now um yeah. i'm up later also but yeah no we always have fun chatting and uh right. we'll talk about the main connection in a minute but first and foremost what i'm impressed with bill is that you've kept your your pulse of women's basketball whether it's me sending an email saying hey what are your thoughts on or it's an email i get from you going hey so i was watching this the last few weeks and by the time i'm done reading i'm going that's all you were watching um, what, what, a, how do you enjoy women's basketball right now in Division Three? And B, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, people will come to me and say, "Don't you miss it?" And I say, <laughs> "No, I don't. I really okay. don't miss coaching." I, I, and and I was a person that was going probably easily um, fourteen, sixteen hours a day sometimes. Sure. I mean, I, I, you know, when I was in the coaching business, and I loved it, and uh, and I. Uh, and I'm sure I would love it if I got back in, but I don't miss it. I really don't. <laughs> but I do like keeping up with it. And um, I'll I'll come home after golf on Saturday and get on the uh, internet. And and it's amazing what D3 uh, programs now can offer for the the fan that I, I can watch any any game in the country mm -hmm. and see you know people who I've coached against. Uh, and uh, I really enjoy just sitting there and watching. And my wife will say, what are you watching now? Oh, I'm watching uh, uh, Newman play Cabrini. Why? I said, because. Would you, you there? Hey, Bill. I think we lost Bill. That's crazy. Put him on hold. See if we can see if we can bring him back. No. We will uh, we'll do what we call a cold dial. Uh, in the business because I don't have a, uh, a producer to be able to do this. Make sure we don't get a busy signal. Here we are. So, uh, hey, we're going to put them right back on air. Sir, you there? We, so we yes, somehow I dropped am. you there. Oh, you dropped me. You okay. were about to say how your wife um, uh, was wondering why in the world you're watching a game. Yeah, she'll, you know, I'll be watching like a Cabrini Newman game or uh, some, you know, like, what are you doing watching that when Duke is on? I said, no, no, I, <laughs> that's the way it is. I'm, <laughs> I like, and I, the other thing I do too is I'll, I'll watch games. And if I'm watching uh, a former um, colleague, uh, I might call him up and say, hey, I saw this and uh, really thought you did a great job. And, 
or I, I'll call up and say, hey, if you want a suggestion, here's something I saw that uh, you might you might want to take a look at. Hmm. Um, so you know that happens too. You can't you can't so. lose the the coaching bug, can you? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame you. We we hinted at it at the beginning. We mentioned it in the Candace interview. You also have a number of players who are still coaches. One of them uh, took over at Marymount, Ashley Rogers, um, <laughs> and Candace obviously at Vassar. There are others. You got to be pretty DK, proud. DK Calhoun at St. Mary's. Exactly. And you know, we I had another one, Stephanie Whitco, who was working. Oh, that's right. Uh, she was uh, the full-time assistant at uh, uh, Scranton, and and I I think I was watching this game, but the game in which either Mike was to win his 800th or got broke the record for Kaler's record, I don't know which one it was. Okay, uh, he was thrown out of that game. Really? And she ended up. Yeah, she ended up taking it the rest. Of the way. <laughs> That's outstanding. There's a there's a little trivia question for you, but she... I don't know if it was uh, the game he broke Kaler's record or if it was the uh, 800s. Okay. It was one of those two. I'm pretty I'm sure of that. Um, so. Well, you got to be proud of them um, and what they're <laughs> achieving because they obviously learned a lot under you. Well, I'll tell you, with as far as Golden Candace first. Uh, the first time we recruited her, but she ended up going to Catawba. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, the summer of her freshman year uh, home, she comes over to my office and uh, knocks on the door and says, I'd like to talk to you. And I said, okay. She said, I'd like to transfer here. And I said, and, and I just, oh, you know, that's not a good enough reason you like to transfer. <laughs> what is your reason? I want to hear the, the reason why it's not just to come and play basketball or whatever. And she said, I want to come here because I want to get closer to my church where I can work with the youth. Mm. And at that point, I just like that melted me as far as you can, whatever we have to do. Right. And, you know, this is what this is the type of kid I want. Sure. And so, um, uh, you know, I told her we uh, she needed to, to do a letter, uh, you know, to, to request a waiver and, and all that. And she said, can I use your computer? And I said, sure. She sat down and banged out the letter, and, and it was the, done like that. I mean, I, she was so mature, so responsible, and I knew she was going to be successful. She, want, she told me at that time she wanted to go into coaching, and she wanted to go uh, into um, I get a major, like phys ed major. And I said, Candace, that's not necessary. What we will do is uh, you, you go and get a degree here. And I, I can't remember if it was health education. It wasn't a phys ed degree, but it was something uh, like that. And uh, she ends up, um, and I said, when we get done, we'll, I'll send a letter out to all the people I know in basketball saying, we're looking for a graduate uh, position for you. You know everybody but, in basketball. Well, it, you know, we had a lot of responses, believe me. Yeah. And, um, and so she ended up uh, with a job in New England at uh Southern New Hampshire, I think it was, and ended up uh, going into uh, into coaching. And she got her job. I think her first job was Manhattanville and turned that program around. Uh, mm -hmm. There was another program, I think, maybe before that, but I think I think it was in Manhattanville. And, um, and then she ends up uh, calling me up, and she says, I got a chance to go to Vassar. And I said, Candace, 
I don't know if I touched that. That's not a real good program. Mm. Never has been. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden, she's called me, called me back up saying, I took it. And she made that a very successful program. It was, uh, you know, just turned it around, I thought. So she did a great job. In her first season in Manhattanville, she was 7-19. and 19. She would left at the final season. She was 18-11. and 11. Yeah. First year at Vassar, she was 9-15. and 15. The next year, she was 16-12. and 12. Right. And we, we everything just talked to her. We know the rest of the story at this point. Yeah. And you got to be, I mean, Ashley Rogers is now leading your old program. Uh, well, the story about her, the very first time I went to recruit her was at uh, Mercy High School. We had had a, a, a kid out of Mercy in 1992, 93, by name of Violene Romans, mm. who is now in our Hall of Fame. And I went up to see the, uh, Ashley, and I think they were playing uh, St. Francis High School. I think that that's what it was, the name of the, the, the school, and it was a pretty tough game, and uh, I think they got crushed. And Ashley didn't have a great shooting day. So I liked what I saw of her, though. She had a great release, could go inside, outside, handled the ball, very um, good coaching. Uh, I mean, she, she had a, a knowledge of the game that every coach wants. And after the game, I went downstairs to the uh, the office of uh, Ella uh, Ella Marion, was the, was the coach, I believe. I think she's still coaching. She came back into coaching there this year. And um, I talked to her about 20 minutes. I come out of the office, and I'm going down the hallway, and I hear this bouncing of the ball. And I, I look around, and, and I don't think Ashley – you saw me because I've never really told her this. I look in the gym and it's Ashley and her and her father, Craig, and they're shooting. And, I mean, he's rebounding for her because she was not happy with her shot. I thought to myself, "This is the kid I want." In yeah. our was that the old gym or the new gym? And I knew. It, real, it was, Candace I mean, reminded it was 19, me it's not uh, new. What? 1998. So I would oh, say it was the band old, box. Yeah, yeah, it was the band box. Yeah, it was the band box. Wesley would like to talk to you about how you move from a band box to a real place. Uh, <laughs> I miss. I only miss the old place because the new one gave me headaches all the time. I don't know if you purposely designed it that way or not, but it would be so loud I had a headache at halftime of every game I ever did there. Um, hey, lots, of, lots of other things I want to get through with you here because you okay. sent me some wonderful notes. Um, by the way, uh, quickly, we should at least give CJ a, a chance. Any funny story about CJ? CK, yeah. CK, oh, I mean, yes, thank you, yes, CK. CK, uh, she was a, a great basketball mind, I thought. She, she, uh, you know, all of these kids would come in, and they'd also work our summer camp. And CK was the most favorite person uh, with uh, the camp, uh, the, the kids. They, I mean, she would get right down and work with them. But the, the biggest one was I was recruiting her. And um, she ends up coming to a game one day with another person we were recruiting. And so I'd always invite him down, come on down to the locker room at halftime. So she comes in, and I I said something to her to the fact of, you you know, what have you decided? She said, well, I applied here a couple of months ago. And I said, what are you talking about? I had no idea. Her name was Cynthia Catherine. And I I was thinking of CK. (laughs) It just totally blew my mind. I never thought. And she always never forgave me for that one. <laughs> but she ended up going to uh, Salisbury okay. and then transferring back. And uh, her, her final year, her senior year, was the year that we beat Mary Washington, the uh, 27 and 24 and 0 team at Mary Washington in the conference. Yes. 27 and 0. They were fourth ranked in the country. I think I was at that game. CK drew, uh, she was just a 
whatever it took to be successful. And she drew offensive fouls, and she had to play Liz Hickey in that game. And I, it was just a great, oh, geez, great Hickey. game. Hickey is yeah. doing well at Averett now. She's doing a great job. Uh, I Averitt. think she just got her number retired at Mary Washington and last mm-hmm. weekend maybe. Oh, you're talking about some of the heyday names uh, in yeah. mid-Atlantic basketball. You can add in Rhonda Joe Miller to that, to that grouping. Right. Um, geez, there's there's even ones at Catholic and Goucher. You can wow, that's that was the heyday. Um, well, Corey Carson was in there too. I mean, oh yes, there's a story for Tim Layton. <laughs> oh well, then contact him. You heard? No, it, it, <laughs> she got her she got her uh, her stories written by uh, the majors at that time. But that that was just an incredible story of coming back. For, she's the first ever athlete that they think has ever come back to play you know, college sports from a liver transplant. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, it was I 1996, think... 97. Well, she came back in 95. I want to say there's one now more recent, also in Division Three, but I don't remember. I don't I, I don't. But she was, the, she was but the she first. she was the first. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And, and they, they gave some sort of a, they did a uh, top 25 of the century type, or half century type thing in NCAA, and she was one of those. Oh, that's cool. So um, you got um, you made a note here to me. You said uh, your favorite Andy Yasinoff story. Of course, Andy's now won the most games in Division Three women's basketball history, well over 800. Um, don't worry, you can get back into coaching. You only got 300 to catch up to him. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm curious what your because and, and by the way, Andy's given us no indication he's retiring anytime soon. What's no, your, he won't. He'll, he'll, no. Not, They'll cart them off, and that's what, yeah, you know, exactly. I don't want it in Hearst. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite story about Andy? We were playing a Catholic uh, in a tournament, and this is our first year. Uh, I mean, uh, the first year that we went to the NCAA's. I think okay. it was 90, 80, uh, 1998, 99, yep. 89, 90 season. Okay. And 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 they were in the tournament playing Catholic in the first round. We were in the tournament playing Rowan. Uh, or Glassboro, I think at that time it was called Glassboro. Yeah. And I had a kid by the name of Marlene Grimes who was a really great guard and didn't shoot threes. And uh, at the end of the Glassboro game, she makes a steal right at inside, uh, right at the circle at midcourt, and or she's coming down and she just takes the shot and the ball flies in, and we win by like 17 points or some crazy number, you know something we didn't need the three-point shot. So I turned around to a father in the stands, uh, Mr. Wolf, and I said, you know, you never know when that shot is necessary. So the next night we're playing uh, <laughs> we're, we're playing uh, uh, Andy's team in the championship. And uh, we, have, uh, we have the ball with eight seconds to go. We call a timeout, and uh, everybody thought the ball was going to Marlene. And I said, no, we're going to go to Meredith uh, Grenier. And I said, because she can drive to the basket, I want her driving the basket. We're going to reverse the ball immediately, let her drive the basket, and just take our chances with a foul and see if we can tie it up. Well, Meredith gets, the, we reverse it, get the ball. She starts to drive to the basket, and it's like five, four, and she's underneath the basket, looking at me because we're right across. The bench was right there, and and it's like, oh no, this is not going to work out. She takes a a shot that's kind of semi-blocked. They get the rebound, and instead of holding it, the kid turns and throws it out to an outlet. The outlet is deflected by Sharon Houck, who then the ball flies to the same spot, because I checked in the film, that Marlene was at midcourt the night before. She gets the ball, 
throws it in at the buzzer. I have never seen – no, Andy is triple A anyway. He went he, – he was also – it was like um, one of those balls bouncing in a tilt machine. He went nuts. He couldn't believe what had happened. And I was just very pleased because that put us in the NCAA yeah. basically for the first time. I'd be pretty darn pleased myself. But but he also – he got me a few times as well. Oh, I'm sure. He's gotten everybody a few times. Yes. Yeah, even Mike Strong, his friend. Uh, yeah. Hey, I uh, don't have much more time with you, but I do want to ask you about the uh, regional rankings coming out next week. Uh, you served on the national committee once or twice, um, mm-hmm. uh, though yeah. a lot has changed in how they do things from yeah. your your day uh, on the committee. But you you've kept a pulse on things. I know you're you're up and up on it. How do you think uh, they're? What do you think, sir? I'll leave it at that. What do you think's gonna we're gonna see this year? I, 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 well, I'm looking right now more at the Atlantic and the Mid-Atlantic because I keep uh, keep track of the CAC. That the the uh, Mid-Atlantic right now, uh, uh, the Atlantic right now. I think the sales is the 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 real cream of the crop, uh, and then I think it's you know it's going to be. I think Marymount is in in that right now. I think that uh, Misericordia and um, Manhattanville. It could get bumped out uh, down lower, but you, and you also have um, Skyline Conference uh, Merchant Marine has only got one or two losses. I think one loss now, and I think that Mount St. Mary's uh, is going to be. They've already beaten um, uh, Merchant Marine, I think, the first time. Yeah. So that that could be it. Uh, as far as there's some interesting conferences that are not doing as well, like the the. The, the New Jersey Athletic Conference this year. Yeah, a little down. They're, just, they're down a little bit. The, the, the CAC, it's like anybody's anybody's yeah. race as far as the championship goes. I mean, it's wide open. Uh, Southern Virginia got knocked off again last night, and so it looks, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing there. The ODAC, um, I'll tell you, Stephanie, I think Stephanie worked at our camp one time, but I know that it, I, I've been at a camp where I've worked with her at Deirdre Kane's camp at Westchester, and Stephanie's done a great job at Guilford. Mm-hmm. She has done a great job there, and uh, they're right in the thick of it right now. Oh, yeah, so. leading the conference. They're, they're pretty darn impressive. Uh, you enjoying retirement? Almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Golf, poker, <laughs> and basketball. <laughs> I feel bad for you. I really do. Well, uh, that's that's fine. <laughs> Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but uh, you've had a, a, a bit of a history of uh, being an AD to hire. Maine Maritime uh, hired you at one point. That's how you and I have a main connection. So you keep yourself busy even in, in retirement. Uh, yes, I do. I mean, a good friend of mine is, in fact, he's the only undefeated coach in Division One is Wes Moore. And he will oh. call. You know, we talk all the time. Uh, he, I got involved with Wes Moore a few years. Uh, I mean, in 1988, when he called me up saying, "I hear you've got a, a Division Three uh, tip-off tournament," and that was the first year. And I said, "Yeah." He said, uh, "Can can you take me?" And I said, "Sure." From that point on, we be, became best of friends. We we actually came down here and. Uh, together, our wives came down, and uh, we uh, had vacations here, and I'd play golf with them. And uh, so he's be, uh, he's been a, a very good friend of mine for whatever since '88. And um, so he um, uh, he called he called me up the other day and said, "Do you have a do you have a uh, a box and one offense?" 
<laughs> and I said, Wes, you're the best, one of the best coaches in the country. You don't need anything from me. <laughs> Just go out and tell him something. <laughs> but he, he needed a box and one, Bill. He needed a box and one. Uh, yeah, he needed a box, a box on one offense. So, you know, we ran something. I gave him some idea, and I said, basically, just teach your your kids something so they think that they've got it. I think that's the yeah. Michael Jordan offense, isn't it? Give it, the, give the ball <laughs> yeah. to Jordan. Everybody else get that out of the yeah. way. <laughs> well, he 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 complains that he's never going to win another game, and he's won them all. So, it's like... <laughs> oh, I've heard that from some coaches too. <laughs> We've heard it all here on the show too. Um, well, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I enjoyed our chats off air. I enjoyed our chat on air. We'll get you to, back on the show sometime in the future. As always, though, we give our guests the final word. Any final thoughts to those tuning in? Well, once again, I, I, I appreciate everything that the D3 Hoops does to keep the fans in, informed of uh, what's going on. I especially like the strength of schedule thing now. That is, uh, Do you have that program so it's up to date as soon as the, the, uh, the, the game is reported? Yeah, it's, it's basically that, popularizing every time you, link, you click on it. On the women's side, it's easy because the math's easier to do, but it's populating every time you click on it. On the mm-hmm. men's side, we have somebody who's a little bit more savvy with the math because the math on the men's side is a little bit more complicated. So he does it, but we link to his work. Well, that that's what I uh, I really enjoy that because I can sit there and try to figure out okay, let's look at the different regions and go through this thing and 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 uh, I really appreciate everything you do for the the sport. There. Well, thank you. Uh, it, it's ironic that you were part of uh, Pat and I kind of getting on board with it all down in the Mid Atlantic region, so it it comes full circle, but. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Um, okay. We haven't driven your wife too much crazy. I know you got some uh, poker to get to, so go and enjoy that. And uh, okay, we'll talk to you sometime <laughs> down the road. Thank you. All we'll right, Bill you. Finney joining Goodbye. us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Fun to talk to him. We have some great conversations uh, off air sometimes as well. He's not kidding. He he literally was driving into the tunnel. I told him he would be okay. They weren't going to lose service. And by the time we got done with the conversation, he was well up onto the New Jersey Turnpike. For anybody who's made that trip, you know that's at least an hour and 15 minutes, maybe longer. Uh, we'll take another break. When we come back, we have our um, pre-taped interview in two segments with Daniel Donahue. We'll talk to her about uh, the state of Division Three basketball um, for uh, the WBCA. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. Back with more after this. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that'll do it! 
Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I'm Carol LaHaye, basketball coach at Randolph-Macon College and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, back to Dave. And welcome back to the Hoopsville Marathon as we are getting ready to close out hour number six. Um, coming up still, we will talk to Josh Erickson from Beyond Sports. We also have Sam Atkinson, the Gallaudet Associate Director Athletics Director of Communications, who is also the Men's Basketball Committee Chair. He'll be on the show. Trevor Woodruff will join us from Scranton Women's Basketball. And we still have Jim Haney ahead. He's the head of officiating in Division Three at the NCAA level. Uh, now, what has become a tradition here since the WBCA came on board with us here on Hoopsville, as part of the marathon, we get an opportunity to hear from Executive Director of the WBCA, Danielle Donahue, kind of a state of, division, or state of women's basketball conversation with her. But most importantly, this year, with so many changes happening in Division Three women's basketball, uh, in terms of profiling the sport, we got a chance to talk to her about that. Uh, it is a pre-taped segment, as she is obviously a very busy individual, so you will get to hear a hear her point of view on things. It's a two-part interview. Here is part one. Now joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the executive director of the WBCA, and it's become a bit of a tradition. It's Danielle Downey. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks, Dave. I look forward to uh, our visit coming up and uh, really appreciate your support of the WBCA and women's basketball. Absolutely. We've had a blast with this partnership, as you know, over the years, and we've always been advocates of women's basketball, some in Division Three, some of the best in the country. Uh, we can certainly talk about that more uh, down the road, but just, I guess, give everybody a brief sense of the state of the WBCA, for lack of a better description. How are things in the in the home office and, and whatnot? Well, everything is, is going well. We watch them all. Yeah, I would just start off by saying all is well at the WBCA. We, we have just um, completed and launched a new strategic plan this past summer. Um, our board of directors supported a three-year strategic plan, 2018 to 2021, and it's focused in three, um, three areas, stewardship, membership, and education. And so we are making progress on all of that. Um, and then specifically for Division III, um, a highlight that I'm, I'm really excited about is um, our new partnership with Beyond Sports. Um, it's for the Division III All-Star Game. And so there's a, there's a group of us that have really come together to make this effort happen uh, Beyond Sports. You, you may be familiar with Josh Erickson, who's mm -hmm. the co-founder of Beyond Sports. 
Um, so we have Beyond Sports. We have the City of Salem. We have the NCAA Division Three Women's Basketball Committee, um, the NCAA staff, certainly, and then our WBCA Board of Directors. We've all come together. We've been working on this project. We've been led by Pat Manning, um, who's a former WBCA board member, um, and we're, we're, we're really excited about this inaugural Division Three All-Star Game um, that will be played this year in Salem. Uh, it will be the, the first, uh, hopefully, of many, and I know we're, we're still putting a lot of the pieces together, um, but we have, have done a release. I think we have a logo now. We are working on all of the um, the, the operations behind it. Um, there are communications going out to the coaching community. Um, really proud of, of how we all have come together and, and certainly really thankful that we can do all of this uh, within the partnership of the Division Three Championship in Salem. Um, a little bit of, of in the weeds, we, we do have a selection process. So if, if any coach is listening, um, we have a committee of WBCA member Division Three coaches that will select participants from senior players in Division Three, and only those Division Three head coaches who are WBCA members may nominate their players for consideration. And so um, we have that process in place. Pat Manning has led the way. Um, we're looking forward to, to getting all of this unveiled, and I know myself and, and many of my staff members um, will be on site, and we look forward to this inaugural effort. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. We've been big proponents of seeing an all-star game on the women's side, especially after the success the men have. It's appropriate. It's taking place its first year in Salem, Virginia, because Salem certainly has a lot of experience with all-star games and whatnot from the men's side of things. I found it very interesting that you seem to find uh, the type of sponsor that really is maybe um, perfect for this kind of thing. It, it's not the big-name sponsor who's, sure, will give you some money, but not really paying attention. It's an entity that really seems to be um, very much involved in Division Three, very much involved in women's basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'll tell you, I do not know Josh Erickson personally, but throughout this process, um, I have been very impressed with him and, and his commitment um, to the game, his commitment to Division Three specifically, um, his commitment of his company to um, to support Division Three athletes um, within their travels. Uh, I, I really am, am very impressed with Josh, and I'm I'm really proud he's one of our uh, our partners to get this unveiled. We should also point out you you mentioned it. Uh, WBCA members will be uh, part of the selection process. To anybody listening at home, that's very much like the NABC. I know that the coaches in Division Three from the WBCA have uh, picking have been picking the uh, brains of the NABC folk, and of course picking Salem's brain as well from their experience. We should point out, Danielle, and we need to drive this home. We drive this home on the NABC side as well. You have to be a WBCA member if you want your student-athlete to be available for selection. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's something that we do with all of our award platforms. And so um, this made sense to fold it in, um, just like we would do for the All-American Awards, um, certainly our Coach of the Year Awards, uh, all, all right. of the awards that, we, um, that our coaches decide to um, to present, uh, it's important that that all our members of the WBCA and certainly our membership is 
is pleased to uh, elevate all of those individuals each year um, for their excellence. Of course, the game will take place um, ahead of the championship game at Roanoke College in Salem, Virginia. Just a note to our viewers, it's not the Civic Center. It's at the beautiful Kreger Center on the campus of Roanoke College. Perfect place for um, these championship games, to be honest. We should point out, uh, you are going to be in Salem, Virginia. I'm half tempted to change my plans for the weekend. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I was there last year in, yep. in uh, Rochester, Minnesota, and and for, for the last three years. So, uh, absolutely. I, I would have been in Salem anyway. Um, but with this all-star game, I'm, I'm bringing some of my staff with me and we, we're lucky? excited. <laughs> we're, we're excited to be there. Um, we'll also continue to honor some of the WBCA NCAA division three award winners. Mm-hmm. And then this year with, with the addition of the all-star game or the championship weekend, we've, we've added a youth clinic that's hosted by WBCA member coaches and also a social gathering for any D3 coaches that are in town. So really, really trying to make it a special weekend, an exciting weekend, lots of fun things going on. And um, that's, that's totally in partnership with, with not only our board, um, Pat Manning and her group, but also the, the NCAA Division Three Women's Basketball Committee. And as, as you know, Karen Harvey Mm-hmm. is the chair of that committee and uh and and we're really excited with with all the efforts that they've also made to expand the weekend and provide um additional opportunities. Agreed. We talked to Karen Harvey earlier here on the marathon uh, about a lot of things including the championship weekend and we're looking forward to seeing how it all comes together. Again, great partnership with Salem, uh kind of mimicking a lot of what the NABC has done over the years in Salem and will continue to do and that's a good thing. We've said for years that we'd like to see the women's championship weekend become a bigger thing, especially for coaches. So really looking forward to that. Of course, the WBCA honors going on there as well. The youth clinic's important too. It really gives a chance for the coaches to kind of give back a little bit and for the community to get a little bit more out of this championship weekend than just some games. Yeah, that's right. And and we want to make sure that that there's always a um, a leave behind in the community. I think the NCAA committees do such a nice job of wanting to make sure that there's a an impact in the host communities. And in that way, as you know, Salem, we're, we're going to be in Salem this coming year. Then we'll go to Columbus mm-hmm. and then we'll come back to Salem. And so it, it'll be important that we make a, a wonderful impression because we'll be going back to Salem and we want to make sure they welcome us back. Uh, we want to make sure this event is exciting and we have something to build on uh, for future events there. Now, one thing we've noticed over the years, Danielle, is when you came on board, uh, really a tide changed within the WBCA in a lot of ways. We we don't have time to go through all of them, but one of them was the involvement, or maybe not the involvement of Division Three, but the light shown on Division Three by the WBCA as a as a larger entity, and and we've seen that quite a bit over the years in our conversations and whatnot. And when you fast forward a few weeks after Salem, uh, when you go to the women's final four in Division One in Tampa this year at the WBCA convention, D3's role in things and, and maybe being in the spotlight, for back, lack of a better description, is also kind of increasing. We've seen it a little bit, but it's really kind of stepping forward again this year in Tampa. Well, it, it is, and I, I appreciate your acknowledgement with uh, with our commitment, Dave. And and we really do. We our our board 
is absolutely committed to all the divisions of our membership, um, Division Three included. And so I, I really want to compliment. We have three Division Three coaches on our board of directors, uh, Mary Beth Spurk, Brian Morehouse, and Polly Thomason. And Mary Beth is on our executive committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's important for all of the coaches in, in Division Three to recognize that on our highest um, governing committee, um, Mary Beth is, is one of seven people. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really powerful to think about um, the, the voice and the contributions um, that Mary Beth, Brian, and Polly continue to make. Um, I, I want to compliment them. And then I also want to compliment the rest of my board. I mean, the, our, our current president is Jennifer Rosati, mm-hmm. um, who's, the, who's the head coach at, at George Washington. And, and Jen has, has done a fantastic job of making sure that we are investing um, in our coaches, that we are focused on education for all levels, that we are um, are driving the association forward so that we can serve our coaches at, at every stage of their coaching journey. And, and as you mentioned, the convention is really important to our membership. You know, we do a lot of educational programming 365 days of the year, and a lot of it is digital until we have the opportunity to be in person. And, and convention is really important. And this year in Tampa, um, we we are excited to be in Tampa. I will say it at this point, um, we are sold out of tickets. We are sold out of hotel rooms. Uh, and that's really powerful for me to yeah. say in January. Um, we do have more tickets and more hotel rooms that we're sending people to. We still have members registering. Um, and, and we have NCAA blocks that we are, are pushing them to. So please, if you have not, registered for convention. We still have space for you in NCAA blocks, but it's tremendous for us to already be, uh, be through all of our WBCA holds. And, um, and I'm, I'm proud of that. Division three specifically, um, Brian Morehouse, he's one of our board members. I was just mentioning, um, he's going to be part of our effort and part of a, a panel for high school coaches. We're having a a really uh, expanded effort for high school members and high school coaches, certainly in the state of Florida um, this year and and beyond. And so Brian has taken a leadership role in that regard. And uh, we'll have other coaches that are are also speaking and encouraging our high school coaches. And then we will also have a division three head coach that'll speak on court. Um, I don't know if they have been confirmed yet, but, um, we should be confirming in the next week to two weeks, and we'll be able to market that and, and message that. Um, I think our membership has really uh, looked forward to all of the expertise that our members can share at every level of membership. And so um, Division Three is no exception. We want to put um, our talent from Division Three right out front. Yeah, it's it. you mentioned Brian Morehouse, of course, at Hope. Uh, fascinating how much they get to be kind of at the forefront of things. Let's be honest, at a D1 Final Four in both men's and women's basketball, it can be an easy reason to focus on D1 and have the, the what is considered the, the upper echelon of coaches to be the ones who are teaching things and, and educating others. But I think it's nice that, you know, some realize that there are darn good coaches at the Division Three level, too. They just chose to be there. They didn't have to, you know, follow the road everybody else took. And to be recognized and to teach seminars and all, that that's important. Is that 
I don't want to say is that a conscious thought because clearly it's conscience conscious because that's how they're they're in this position. But Danielle, how does that come about? How how does that 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 effort end up manifesting itself? Well, I would I would say we have a couple of different ways to reinforce um, our talent and to position our talent to shine. And um, a lot of credit goes to we have a, a working group that sits right underneath our board of directors. It's it's our education working group. Um, the chair of that working group is Courtney Banghart, who's the Princeton coach. Um, Courtney chairs this group, and it, it certainly has members um, from our board of, of all the different divisions of membership. And they are really um, laser focused on making sure that our best and our brightest are in front of our uh, membership and that we are constantly creating educational situations to expose our coaches to, to encourage our coaches to, um, to try to help them continue to learn and grow. And, um, and so Courtney and her education working group plays a big role. Um, we also have a diversity and inclusion committee that sits underneath our board and advises our board on matters of, uh, of, of diversity and inclusion within our membership. And so we also have a real, uh, a real commitment to ensure that we are representative um, of, of all the different folks that are within our membership and that we, we have an appropriate representation um, of, of, our, of, of our people in our family. Um, so they advise in terms of convention programming. We have an assistant coaches committee that advises and guides with programming that has to do with, with how can assistant coaches grow and thrive. Um, we have a high school working group, a youth working group, that's really um, laser focused on how do we make sure we, um, we connect the grassroots of our game to our collegiate level um, in, in a more thoughtful and constructive way. And, and so all of these different, um, these different committees, they advise and guide our decisions in terms of who is, who is recommended to present at convention and who needs to be in front of our membership to, to, to not only represent an entity of our membership, but also to, um, to showcase talent, to help one another, to serve one another, um, finally, I would also say that uh, we, we have a thriving mentor program, and, and our mentor program, this is for all divisions. This is our coaches are put into little huddle groups um, based on what they're interested in. So as an example, if you are an assistant coach that aspires to be a head coach, we'll, we'll put you in a huddle to work on that. If, if you're a head coach and you want to help younger coaches, We'll put you in a huddle to work on that. If you are, um, if you're a, a, an assistant coach and you're working on um, life balance, let's say you're a new mom or a new dad, and and you want to talk with different people about how do they juggle it all, how do how do they thrive um, at their at their work, but also um, with their families. Well, we'll put you in a little huddle like that, and and so our mentor huddles have really they've taken off. I mean that was the vision of Coquise Washington, um, our president, just a couple of years ago to create these the, this mentor program. And um, so I'm really proud of that. That has grown over the last couple of years. Um, we're we're just trying to be intentional, and we're trying to make sure that we are identifying areas of need, areas of encouragement, 
um, and areas of education where we can make sure that for any coach that comes to convention, um, they're going to go away a little bit richer in what they've learned. Danielle Donahue joining us here on the show to talk about uh, everything that has to do with the WBCA. I'm standing right now because I needed to stretch my legs. We still have a second part to go with Danielle to talk about Division Three basketball and the WBCA. That's coming up after this break. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. Back with more from Danielle Donahue when we return. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to the Hoopsville Marathon. I am your host, Dave McHugh. We're in the middle of our conversation with Danielle Donahue from the WBCA. The executive director took her time to join us earlier this week in a pre-taped segment. Don't forget, you can interact with us at D3Hoopsville on your Twitter account or hashtag Hoopsville on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. And, of course, email Dave.McHugh at D3Sports.com. Uh, so we did have a second part of our interview with Danielle. And then coming up after that, we will talk to those who are helping with the WBCA all-Star Game, the Beyond Sports crew. But Danielle has more to say about Division Three and the WBCA as well and what was a great conversation with her. We're talking with Danielle Donahue, the Executive Director of the WBCA here on the Blue Frame Technology 
Hoopsville Hotline should remind everybody we're talking to her pre-taped as Danielle's rather busy, so we always try and find the right time leading into the marathon of when to talk to her, so we appreciate the time. Uh, Danielle, certainly, you know, again, Division Three has gotten a bigger, bigger um, place, and, and you've hinted at it uh, here with the WBCA as, as a larger entity, Mary Beth Spurk and Brian Morehouse, Polly Thomason. Uh, we've known the work of, of past member or past leaders, we should say, not past members. They're still members, Pat Williams, or Pat at Williams, uh, Pat Manning, that is, and, and others. How how much has that leadership evolved? I know there's the ones like Mary Beth and Pat and, and others who have always done their best to have the WBCA recognize Division Three and, and lead Division Three in the best way possible. But how much has it evolved in your in your tenure there, and on top of that, to make it more confounded, how much are more Division three coaches now interested in being in that leadership group? Well, that's a good that's a good question, Dave. And, I, and one I'm I um, I'm actually pleased to kind of give you my uh, my take on when when you know when I started here, and this was a little over four years ago, which is amazing. Um, July of 2014, um, you might remember that that I went on a listening tour and I heard so many wonderful things that the WBCA was doing, but then I also heard some areas that we needed to work on. And and one of those areas that we needed to work on was um, the engagement of of Division Three and and other membership divisions that were outside Division One specifically. Um, that felt like they they had not become priorities. They they had been, um, you know, they 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 were not in the center of of some of these conversations. And so, our board um, and my staff have really prioritized building out um, the service that we have to to all of our divisions of membership. And so, um, internally, one fun thing that we created um, over the last few years is we have staff liaisons. And so now every division of membership um, has specific staff liaisons on my staff where that is what that is what this person on my staff is constantly thinking of. They are thinking of that particular division. And in every meeting that we sit in, they are, are pointing out, hey, this is coming up. This is what we need to do. This is what our board members are thinking. We are constantly brainstorming ways to um, ways to show support and ways to uh, to serve. Secondly, um, our board members are, have been so impressive. Um, I, I would remind you, just a couple of years ago, we had Christy Thomas Cuddy. Um, she used to coach at Emory. She was in our right. presidential pipeline. She was going to be. Um, she was our vice president and in line to be our president. And unfortunately, due to, to medical um, challenges, she she did have to step away, and um, and that was a big deal um, for our board and our membership um, to to support Christy, and and she was so well deserving. She was she was a tremendous leader on our board, and and no one even thought twice about oh by the way Christy is actually a head coach at the Division Three program. No, it was Christy is trustworthy. She has served at the highest of high levels. We want her to be our next leader. And, um, and so that was really reaffirming, I think, to our board and certainly to many of our Division Three members. Um, I, would, I would say most recently, let's, let's go back to, to this past summer. We spent 
a large amount of time working on our strategic plan um, that, that we approved this past summer. And um, one of the people in the room, we had a small group that was brainstorming and, and working on the strategic plan, and, and one of the people in the room was Polly Thomason. Um, Polly was representing Division Three. She was, she was tremendous in the room. Um, Polly also sits on the, um, the Division Three uh, NCAA Women's Basketball Committee. And so Polly has really um, inserted herself as a, as a young and up-and-coming leader um, for, for the Division Three membership. Um, you, you might have also seen uh, we had a fun little, um, a fun little digital uh, spoof called Popcorn with Polly. And Polly has been so willing to um, to do anything that we have asked, and so part of the board part of the board's efforts has been to make sure that that the board is approachable, that the board is is speaking directly to the membership, that the board is serving the membership, and so we created this little popcorn with Polly series at the convention. And Polly had a different kind of popcorn every time she was on camera, and she was helping introduce other coaches to what was going on that day and, and what was going to be fun and um, what programming and, and what opportunities they had to learn. And, and Polly was awesome. I mean, our staff, we couldn't stop watching. She was great um, and very entertaining, by the way. And so I, I just would, I would, I would really compliment the leadership and direction of, of, of Pat Manning, of Mary Beth Spurk. Certainly they are, tremendous leaders, and they have been for many, many, many years. But I also would just reinforce that we have some wonderful young up-and-coming leaders also in Division III, and, um, and I think Division III has a lot to be proud of. And so, so as we started to roll out education, we started to roll out this strategic plan. We've, we, we now have um, supported this new initiative in terms of the Beyond Sports Division III All-Star Game presented by the WBCA. I mean, we, we want to make sure the Division Three coaches know that they are a priority. We are listening. Um, we want to serve them. We want to be a great asset for all of them um, throughout their career. And, 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 you know, we are being very intentional of wanting to make sure that we have educational programming for them. We have um, a real desire to have them be part of our membership. Um, and then certainly we want to make sure we are able to um, help them be great leaders and stewards of our game. Um, we know they already are, but we want to make sure that we're providing um, some of the vision um, of the WBCA to them so they can see how they fit within um, the full family of coaches uh, working to uh, take our game to the next level. I, I'm still having trouble getting over popcorn with Polly. That's just <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> Have you seen it? We need everybody to go to it. I, I, gonna, I, yeah. We're going to have to find it and uh, make sure people see it. That is absolutely the case. Uh, and oh, I, yeah. I now have my lead talking point uh, with Polly Thomason next time we we're, have we're her on looking, the show. We're looking for a popcorn sponsor, actually. We'd love for that to be sponsored. And so we've even talked to Polly about, hey, what's your favorite kind of popcorn? And she just laughed. She was so polite. She said, you know, I really like a lot of different kinds of popcorn. Oh. I can I can work with whatever you have. There you and go. So, so yeah, we uh, we're, we're even working on a sponsor for that one. That's outstanding. That she's uh, also willing to tap dance with any sponsor that may may present themselves. That's perfect. She's so good at this. 
Um, <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. I got this whole Oral Rebenbacher uh, thought going in my head now. It's cracking me up. I got to get the got to get her with the hat and everything. It'd be perfect. Um, <laughs> oh, that is priceless. Um, it, it is amazing, and 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 I don't say this lightly. Um, we've had a great relationship with the NABC. We had no relationship with the WBCA, despite many efforts. And and you've heard me say this in private, Danielle. You've heard me say this in public. But it, it's amazing how much the WBCA essentially t- pivoted and changed directions, especially under your leadership. But I, I have a feeling that this was kind of simmering for a while as well and and now realizes how much of a bigger picture there is. Um, and I think it's improved things. And, and I think we see it here in Division Three. everything you've mentioned in the All-Star game and whatnot. It, What's what do you see as the potential? I mean, the NABC is huge; it's ginormous. WBCA isn't. Is is the potential of being a bigger entity possible with the WBCA? Well, I do. I do think so, Dave. You know, I I think that um, I, I'd like to. I guess I'm I'm going to go right back to our strategic plan, and that's that's sort of where our board is most focused in terms of our three pillars, stewardship, how we can increase the popularity of and participation in women's basketball, membership, growing our membership with ethical leaders of our sport, and our education, preparing coaches and players to become leaders on the court and in society. The WBCA is making considerable investments into our educational programming. And so I I do think um, from a Division Three perspective, we have a lot that we have built and we have a lot that we are about to build. And so I, I'd like to think that the WBCA is a very attractive uh, tool or support family for coaches at every division of membership, but, but Division Three specifically. I would like to see a greater uh, demand from our Division Three coaches to want to be members of the WBCA because of all the opportunities um, that, that they would have available to them. Um, and specifically, I think where our sweet spot, at least our board and my staff is really focused right now is building out our educational programming. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd really like to encourage um, any Division Three coach that, that maybe is not as familiar with the WBCA or maybe hasn't hasn't engaged with us over the last few years, please go to our website and take a look. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at all of the things that we've built. Um, I would encourage you to reach out to our staff. Um, Our staff would love to talk with you and and help explain any of these programs to you. We'd we'd love for you to participate with us more. Um, I think you'll be really, really pleased um, with, with our efforts um, over the last few years, and certainly with our strategic plan, um, where we're going in the next three years. I, I think many of, of our coaches are going to be very pleased um, and have a wonderful array of tools and opportunities um, at their fingertips um, as, as they engage um, more deeply with the WBCA family. Wonderful. Uh, Danielle, I could talk to you forever. Uh, I love chatting with you every year. I appreciate the time you give us. I appreciate the time that everybody in the WBCA gives us, uh, whether it's in our partnership with Center Court or whatnot. And, and I'm really looking forward to where this can develop in the future. 
Well, me, me too, Dave. And, and I'll just say I really, really appreciate all that you do um, for the WBCA, for our member coaches, for women's basketball. Um, I, 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 I have had an opportunity, a, a, a pleasant opportunity, to, um, to watch some of the WBCA center court features. Um, I love when you put some of our coaches on. I know Megan Wilson, Naomi Graves, and, and Carrie Jenkins are just a few um, of, of those that have been on your program. I know you're constantly adding um, great perspectives of other individuals on your program, and I just, I just want to compliment you for all that you're doing. You're a great partner. We're so proud to be your partner, and uh, we look forward to building this um, in the years to come. And so I, I appreciate your time today. Always fun to talk to you. And I look forward to, to building more together. Well, thank you. I appreciate the kind words. Had a lovely conversation earlier today with Daphne Thompson. We're going to continue those conversations here on the WBCA Center Court. Uh, it's been a blast to have those perspectives shown. Uh, and there's so many great stories to tell uh, in Division Three basketball, especially with coaches um, who are doing sometimes more than just coaching that we love the time they take. And, and we appreciate the WBCA helping us find those stories we should add as well. Um, Danielle, we'll let you go on that note. Thank you so much for taking the time. As always, we give our guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? I guess my final, my final thoughts would be um, I, I really appreciate – um, all the coaches that are out there um, listening to your program. Um, I just got back from the NCAA convention um, last week, and it was it, it, it's a real source of pride um, when I'm sitting in these meetings, these governance meetings, and one story after another is shared about um, leadership examples of women's basketball coaches uh, within the NCAA family. And, and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm so proud of, of what our coaches do every day, the way in which they serve their student athletes, the way in which they invest um, not only in their student athletes, but as basketball players, but, but in, in what these young people are, are going to eventually do in their lives, um, there is example after example after example where so many times I am in front of people that say, hey, I was a student athlete, and this person was my coach, and, and they changed my life. And so I, I really want to – my closing comments are, are to all the coaches, just a big thank you. Uh, for how you do what you do, the way that you do what you do, the way you serve your student-athletes. Um, I think we have so much to be proud of in women's basketball. And, and every, every opportunity that we have to make a difference with a student-athlete is a big deal. And so I, I just want to compliment all of the coaches, um, let them know that the WBCA is here, we are supportive of you, and we look forward to serving you. Well said. That is a great way to finish things up. Danielle, thanks for the time. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your trip to Salem. I know you'll, you'll enjoy that as well, and we'll look forward to talking to you in the future. Hey, sounds great, Dave. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Danielle Donahue joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Great conversation with Danielle. Uh, again, appreciate her time and the WBCA's efforts to make her available and to help us with this show. 
Uh, it speaks volumes for that organization. Again, I tell the story. I couldn't get an email back. I finally got somewhere with an intern. Seemed like maybe we'd get somewhere. It died. Uh, and to now have the um, WBCA such a part of Hoopsville, and, and by default, Division Three basketball on D3hoops.com is wonderful. going to take another break. When we come back, she mentioned Beyond Sports, having them come on board the All-Star Game. We've talked about Beyond Sports kind of as a secondary individual, as somebody else bringing them up. We want to talk to them because now they're on board something we love, the All-Star Game. We'll talk to them and one of their co-founders. Huh, guess what? They used to go to a Division Three school, too. It's all about D3 on this show. We'll take a break. and Come back with more. You're watching Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division Three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked the top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student-athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction in knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. <laughs> 